Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We're going to talk uh, football or soccer, as they call it in America, with Brian Scuretta, who uh, joins us now, American soccer journalist, uh, works for New York Times, uh, Soccer America. I think he's been on Talk Sport and uh, written stuff for The Athletic as well. Uh, basically, all the, all the top rags for football news. Brian, g'day. How are you? Hey, thank you very much for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, thank you. Thanks for coming on, man. And, you know, a lot of, in this part of the world, being an ex, you know, being a colonial uh, country, there's a lot of uh, eyeballs on England, of course, and uh, their game against Wales tomorrow. But really, the most interesting game in that group tomorrow is the USA's game against Iran. And uh, it's it's led to a few different storylines, including one about whoever manages uh, the US men national team social media accounts and the way that they have portrayed the Iranian flag. And that, that has caused the Iranians to ask FIFA to kick them out of the World Cup. I, I can't imagine this has happened. This will happen. But how has it gone down in the US? Um, yeah, it's been a surprising story, I think, um uh, the players have tried to distance themselves from it. In fact, when they interviewed um, uh, Jim Ream and Walker Zimmerman, the, the two central defenders, they were made available to the media and were asked about it. Um, you know, they, uh, they, they were just saying it for us, the players, it's, it's a non-issue. And, and even, uh, I, I think the, the Iranian head coach is, um, you know, didn't even make that a – the Federation's one thing. The Iranian head coach has spent a lot of time in the United States. He used to manage in the United States in MLS, Carlos Kirosh. Um, you know, I think it's a, it's a hot-button issue. But, you know, unfortunately, it brings more drama into a game that doesn't need any more drama. There's plenty of drama on the line just on the pitch with these two teams. I mean, it's a winner-takes-all scenario, right? I mean, I think Iran can can get a draw and and uh, progress, but the US definitely need to beat Iran to, to get into the round of 16. That's correct, yes. Um, it, it, the US needs to win, and um, yeah, we'll see how that, if that means that uh, Iran, how Iran's going to come out. We don't know if they're going to you know, sit deep and try to bunker their way to a draw or if they're going to try to come out and then uh, maybe hit the U.S. unexpectedly. Not necessarily sure what their approach will be tomorrow, but, um, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, the U.S. has to find the back of the goal because they, they have, they only have one goal so far in the first two games. Yeah, and that's uh, been a disappointment. I mean, I, I guess if you do go out, you know, if this if you don't win this game, uh, it all all eyes will be back on the game one against Wales when you really dominated that opening forty five minutes and probably could have been two or three up at half time. Yeah, of course. You know, you, you you need to. There's only certain times during games when you're at your when you're at your best and when you're at your peak form and when you're at your peak form and when you're really firing on all, all cylinders. You you, you can't. You can't take your foot off the gas. You have to capitalize on those kind of chances because, as you learn in those in, over the course of 90 minutes, it's not always going to be that way. It's not going to be smooth sailing throughout a game. And but at the times when you are finding everything right going your way and clicking, you got to hit it. How important do you think it is from a United States point of view to get to the round of 16, given that you're hosting the next World Cup? Um, 
Do you think it, it, it will have any impact at all, or, or won't it matter in four years' time? I don't think it's necessarily going to matter in four years' time. I mean, these things have a limited short life in the memory of um, the sporting public. Uh, you know, I think it's going to be a different focus. I think the team's going to be very good in four years. A lot of these guys are all very young. I mean, think about this. I mean, the U.S. started three midfielders and three forwards in their games, and none of them have turned 25. So it's it's a big – it's a very young team. Uh, but I think in terms, of, in terms of what this team can learn from this experience, I think that's going to be the bigger step moving forward. And, and, and are they more mentally prepared for these types of tournaments? Um, but – yeah, I, I think obviously getting forward and out of this group will, for the public morale, I think will be a nice big boost if they can do it. What are you expecting um, from Iran? Because coming into this, you know, the opening game of the tournament for them was against England. And I didn't, it was two o'clock in the morning here. I didn't bother getting up for that game because I thought that's going to be a grind. It'll be one England win 1 0 through a Harry Kane penalty in 79 minutes because Iran is so negative and Gareth Southgate so, uh, you know, conservative. Uh, it's not how that panned out, as we, we well know now. So, how much of Iran changed, do you think, in their approach? Uh, you know, it, it's a good point. I mean, I, I was very surprised that they got through with, with that Wales game, but you know, they were playing well even when they were had eleven. Even when Wales had eleven game uh, players on, um, when it was eleven v eleven, Iran was still the better team. Uh, but yeah, it just shows you, you, you know, you, you know, games can get away from you quickly at the international stage. You know, you get one, you can get two, and you got then you get three real quickly. Um, it, it's a you know the mental side of things can get the best of you. Uh, the truth is probably somewhere in between. Like they're they're not as bad as they were against uh, England, and probably not as good as they were at the end of the Wales game. But you know, uh, of course, everything changes when all you need is a draw. Um, you know, I, I think they're going to be looking in coming in this pretty defensive oriented. But then if the U.S. scores, things are going to change very very quickly. So we will see. Um, uh, we'll see how the U.S. players are prepared and how emotional this game is because there's a lot of things off the field between these two countries. Yeah, obviously that that adds to it. I mean, he, these two countries met in France in '98. I think Iran got out on top then. Um, so there is a little bit of history here. Given the way that it seems the Iranian players seem to be, uh, you know, pro the protests, uh, maybe that'll take the sting out of it. Do you think? You know, I think you know when you have troubles in your homeland uh, or or you know or concerns in your homeland. Um, it, it has a way of galvanizing these teams. Um, they can kind of play with a chip on the shoulder, us versus the world kind of a, of a, of a, of a mentality. And, you know, I've seen these things actually turn out to be like a net positive more than a net negative for, for teams. So uh, I'm expecting the best from Iran tomorrow. Um, I think uh, uh, they're going to want they, – they, they, they want to be the first uh, – they want to qualify for the knockout stages for the first time. Uh, in their country's history, they mean a lot, and I think they could. And I think they, they finally see that, you know, within the finishing line, they they see that as a real possibility. So, um, you know, they have a lot of motivation here too, and um, and and we'll see. If the U.S. is going to be able to uh, counter that with with the emotion of their own. If the U.S. get out of this group, they'll probably do it in second place, which. As things stand, you would expect means around a 16 match, probably with the Dutch. Uh, what have you made of that group um, with the Dutch, Ecuador, and Senegal, and of course the host Qatar? You know, I think uh, with the Dutch, you're always dealing with a lot of talent. You know, sometimes when they get to the World Cup, 
they can be their own worst enemy, and, and sometimes that uh, you know hurts them. Sometimes uh, sometimes they're, when they're when they're focused, they they can ride on their talent a lot. I haven't seen enough to know whether or not um, they are they're what kind of shape they're in, what what kind of Dutch side we're going to get uh, if the U.S. does get to face them. But um, you know, I, I think it's when you get to the knockout stages, you're always expecting a very good team. And um, but uh, someone, uh, but it's a game. I think that the U.S. team, if they're fired up, or I think you know, and they're playing well, they can give any team a, a tough game. Looking from a CONCACAF point of view, it's I guess been reasonably disappointing so far. Uh, Mexico haven't looked anything like we we expect them to. Um, I, I imagine that they'll be looking for a new coach post this tournament. The Canadians look good, took games to teams, but ended up just leaving themselves too open. And Costa Rica conceded seven against Spain. Um, how do you weigh up the, the CONCACAF on the world stage, yeah, given what we've seen so far? Um, it's different for different teams. I mean, you, you saw with Costa Rica beating Japan, uh, then it was, it was, um, uh, that was a tremendous result. Uh, Costa Rica is a very old team. I think Mexico brought a, brought a, you know, they didn't necessarily trust their youth in this tournament as much as the U S did. Uh, you know, I think it's different. Whereas like U S and Canada, I think they're learning lessons here that eventually, no matter how things turn out, they'll be better for, um, and I think, the, you know, many years down the road or a couple years down the road, you'll look back on what happened in Qatar as a, as a big benefit to both teams. Uh, for Mexico and, and Costa Rica, this is the last stand with a lot of the players that they have. Um, both these teams are probably going to need new coaches, uh, and, uh, and they're probably going to hope to, that the next generation brings some talent because they're going to need to start introducing it as soon as possible. Um, you know, so it's different for different teams. I wouldn't put too much stock into weighing the whole federation based on, on these results because yeah, they, they try to approach things in different ways. But, yeah, Mexico, it, it, it doesn't look really good right now. It looks like their streak of qualifying for the knockout runs uh, that goes all the way back to 1986, with the exception of 90 when they were suspended, is going to end. Yeah, looking very much like that. Uh, Brian, what about uh, overall, uh, this World Cup overall? I mean, you know, it's not been without its uh, critics for a lot of off-field reasons. Um, and now looking at games, you know, today Brazil-Switzerland, the, the stands didn't look overly overly full. What's your vibe on, on the World Cup and, and what's the buy-in with the American public on this World Cup? I think it's more it's far more negative than other World Cups the vibes I'm getting. I mean, no one likes these games in the middle of November, December, when you, you, you cut the season, European seasons in half. And, uh, you know, players didn't really, you don't get the send off vibe. You don't get the teams together for like almost a full month before the tournament. Uh, and they get to play teams game friendlies in their home countries before they send them off to the world cup. Um, you know, now all of a sudden, you know, you get players who are injured because club games ran right up into the world cup and they don't have time to get healthy. And then you have the second half of the club season waiting for them when they get back. Um, it's not the right time for a World Cup. It's not the right place for a World Cup um, with all these issues uh, surrounding the, this, pro, this, this, this tournament. And then you had Sepp Blatter come out and say this was a mistake uh, to bring it to Qatar. And it's like, well, thanks a lot, Sepp. You, you know, like, <laughs> where, where was FIFA this whole time? So, it, it, yeah, there's too much stuff um, – uh, it's not really growing the sport. You know, it's not in a traditional place. It's not where you can go to grow a sport. It, it, 
I, there's just not a lot you want to take from this and, and, and hope it replicates in future World Cups. Um, you're just trying to get through it um, uh, and then uh, and then move on. And all the games are really bunched up. I mean, the U.S. will play its third game in like in like nine days tomorrow, eight days, and then it could be the end of the World Cup for it. I mean, well, that was pretty quick, you know. So I don't know. I think it's um, most of the, there's more negatives than positives with this World Cup, how, how it's viewed in the United States. Yeah, all right. Uh, in terms of the teams, then. Uh that you think might win this thing. Um, Argentina, of course, lost that game to the Saudis. Japan beat the Germans. So there's a couple of you know teams that you expect to be in the latter stages who have, have already suffered upsets. How do you see this playing out, and who do you like? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I've been... I think Spain could... You know, even though they... Spain, Spain could be there... I think I think Brazil could be there. Um, I think in the end of the day, it's going to be one of the teams that doesn't really surprise us a whole lot. A whole lot. Um, but you know, even France, I think, is probably the favorites right now. If I was to bet anything, I think I think Brazil's a little too old. Um, you know, but we'll see. Uh, yeah. So it would take a heck of an effort to beat France. Mm. Let me just put it that way. I, that that would take a big time effort just to. Just to be able to beat them, but then again, you never know. I mean, what happens if England gets hot? Um, you know, even though they drew the United States, uh, it's it's just so wide open. Yeah, yeah, I think it does. It feels very wide open. I mean, the French, for me, I mean, they've got a lot. They had injuries coming in, and then they've had more injuries at the tournament. It's just if they can keep their eleven yeah. fit, right? Yeah, it, it, it's funny. Is is like I've always said about France is, is like you can take, you can give the French manager, whoever like the 26 best players he wants and then take like the next 26 and still have an unbelievably good team. It's just, it's just the state of French football right now um, and how good they are and how regularly and easily they produce like so many world-class players. Um, Again, it's, I still think that they're the team to beat, but I mean, you never know what kind of, I mean, there's some, it could come down to an individual moment of brilliance though, and and you never know, a Spain or a Brazil could deliver that. Yeah, they could do. They could do. Hey, Brian, before we let you go, mate, there's a story that developed yesterday. Came through uh, suggesting that Inter Miami may have a deal in place with Lionel Messi after his contract with PSG expires. Um, mm-hmm. A, how likely do you think that is? And B, how big for the MLS would it be? I mean, I think it's not done i think it's bigger than most people have realized i think there's there's remember in mls there are deep pockets um with their ownership group among the deepest in the world so you know there are ways of making this happen it's been talked about here for quite some time as for how big it would be i mean it would be an enormous road draw i mean you get like a lot of people uh filling up stadiums to come watch and play but i think it's a um you know, it, 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 the league just doesn't want to go down the route where it's seen as a retirement league. It's fought so hard to, um, to beat that image. And I think, you know, because they do have a lot of good young players now. They Most of their good players come from our younger players coming from South America. But I think, um, you know, obviously with a guy like Messi, is it's a, like a once-in-a-lifetime kind of a name you can bring into the league. You make exceptions for it to make that happen. Yeah, and more, and more likely to happen than Cristiano Ronaldo rolling up there, given that he's a free agent right now. I don't see that happening nearly, nearly as much as a Messi. I don't think that they would get both. I think um, 
there's some things with Cristiano that, that uh, would prevent that. Although, you know, his, uh, you know, his youngest kid or um, is American was born here. So there are maybe some, some, some factors there. I just, I, there, the, the, the chatter on that has not really been significant. Mm. Yeah, good stuff, Brian. All right, let's really appreciate your time, man. Go well, uh, enjoy. I know you're you're off to your kids' uh, soccer practice, so we'll let you go so you can enjoy that, man. Enjoy the rest of the tournament too. And uh, you know, who knows if you're in the last sixteen in the quarterfinal, we might we might call you again. Sounds good. Anytime you guys want. Cheers. Thanks very much, Brian. Brian Scarita there, a U.S. Uh, football journalist uh, out in New York, New Jersey, uh, giving us the lowdown from an American point of view. That big game tomorrow versus Iran is going to be a must-watch. That kicks off at 8 o'clock New Zealand time.